0: Story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction
1: Today we are canceling the apocalypse Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet And uh, this is? Lilo Dallas Multipass. Frankly my dear,
0: I don't give a damn Houston, we have a problem Have you tried turning it off and on again?
1: Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room Welcome to episode 128 of the Bloatbusters podcast. I'm Paul, and today we're going to be talking about the film Space Sweepers. And many of you are probably going, I'm sorry, what? uh, Acceptable, I I can understand that some people might not know what that is. Uh, But before we actually dive into what that is, I should probably introduce the person that's going to help talk about it. So... I was able to run into this gentleman online relatively recently and, uh, got talking with the guy and it turns out he quite likes science fiction. So I thought, why not have him on? And, uh, uh, without any further ado, it is Robert from Science Fiction Remnant Podcast. How are you doing, sir?
0: Doing great. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm not too shabby. Uh, actually, um, for... For people that know me personally listening to this, there may be one or two, uh, I I just took delivery today of the cabinets for our kitchen remodel. So I am sitting in the um, in the space that is now completely filled with boxes of cabinets and shelving and things like that. So uh, yeah, my, my space is going to be crowded and noisy for the next couple of weeks uh mm. however today doing all right
0: <laughs> awesome awesome well that's a, there's a good side to that you know You're, eventually that's gonna get settled and everything's gonna look nice
1: yeah absolutely something we've been talking about for a little while and uh finally actually happening so yeah, and uh you yeah, as, as a result of uh the pandemic whose name we shall not bother mentioning on this uh podcast just because Hell, people have heard it enough already. Uh, yeah, we actually ordered everything in January, uh, and it was supposed to turn up at our house early April. Wow. And, uh, it, and it didn't. Uh, <laughs> so it has <laughs> turned up today. Uh, but yes, uh, halfway there. Now we've just got to get the damn thing built. But uh, uh, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Better late uh, than never. Yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> uh, I. And so yes, uh, before we dive straight in as well, uh, just a quick reminder for anyone listening or first-time listeners um, for this podcast here, if you want to discuss anything we're about to talk about or might talk about or have talked about or anything like that, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Blokebusters. You can go to blokebusters.com look at the lovely website. Uh, we are members of the AllPorts Open Network, which are a fantastic group of uh, guys and gals there. So do go check all of them out as well. Uh, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can find us there. However, you have found us here. And we are now going to dive into Space Sweepers. Now, this film was directed by... Jo Sung-hee, and uh, I do apologize, I'm probably going to butcher at least one or two names as we go through this, because I am not a Korean native, and therefore I am never 100% sure on how to pronounce the uh, the names. Um, and uh, I'm also partially deaf, so it makes it even more difficult for me to hear the names even when I'm watching the film, so it can get very interesting. Um, however, yes, uh, directed by... Hopefully he said it right, Joe Sung-hee. And uh, there was a budget, a reported budget, of roughly, uh, when translated into American dollars, $21.2 million. Uh, uh-huh. And it, it was supposed to be released last year, uh, but it wasn't. And then it was going to be released uh, you know, later last year, and then it wasn't. And so Netflix were like, yeah, we're going to buy the right to this. So it came out on Netflix on February 5th, which means there is no box office as of right now, <laughs> only numbers that we can point to. And I will say that the viewership for this film, it debuted at number one in at least 16 countries, wow. including you know South Korea and France, Malaysia, Croatia, and the Philippines. And it has been in Netflix's daily top 10 rankings um, for 80 countries upon its premiere. And, uh, yeah, it uh, it got 26 million household viewers in the first 28 days. Wow. So, Amazing. So, uh, yeah, it seems to have done well <laughs> 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 from there. Uh, and, uh, obviously, we are going to talk about it now. So... Uh, my, my first question then to you is, uh, how did you first hear about this film?
0: Well, I, I heard this film a while back, and I had the film on my list of to-watch movies, just like most people do on Netflix. And
1: <laughs> The list,
0: yes. <laughs> the list. If you're familiar with the list, um, <laughs> movies can get lost. And um, Mm -hmm. it only took me talking to you to realize that I had this movie on the list um, that I have never watched since it released. And I was planning to after seeing those trailers. And, oh my God, this is, if you're a sci-fi lover, this is it. This is the movie. It was amazing. Yes,
1: Yeah. And it's uh, apparently has been regarded as the first Korean space blockbuster, which... Fair enough um and uh yeah th- this film i saw a trailer for it uh, it must have been at the end of last year i think is when they officially released the trailer for it and my initial reaction from just seeing the trailer was huh this kind of seems like s- the sort of korean in korean version of a space kind of western themed sort of inspired by firefly type stuff like that was the feel i was getting uh, especially when it comes to like it was quite clear that it was the crew of this ship that wasn't yeah you know, it wasn't the sleek ship it wasn't uh, it's not your star trek mm-hmm. it's not it's not that it's uh, it's this ship that holding itself together as it were uh, and they're getting up to hygiene and stuff. And I, I I was very much getting you know, flashbacks to when I first found out about Firefly and going into that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm probably going to like this, uh, especially when I saw some of the effects in the trailer were really good. Now, as we all know, effects in the trailer are not necessarily the effects you'll see in the finished product. Yeah. So I did have a healthy amount of skepticism that the entire film would Uh, probably not live up to the polish of the trailer Uh, and i will say i've come away from it Uh, if i were to attempt to describe it to someone without giving away any of the plot i have landed on this film feels like the live action version of a korean based anime I, that is kind of set as a space west like it, that's that's what i got
0: very very interesting you said that because i got cowboy bebop vibes <laughs>
1: I was yeah very much so i i haven't seen all of cowboy bebop i'm still at the uh yeah i've seen the first few episodes and then stuff got in the way so i haven't yet finished <laughs> it uh, but uh yet yeah, no very much so like that that kind of uh that kind of setting is, I mean, especially from what the opening is before they actually get into the, the meat of the plot. Yeah, very much so. Um, Space scavengers. It's not, there's not a huge amount less.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, and for all of you who actually has seen Cowboy Bebop and, and eventually watch this movie, uh, it's, I get vibes. It's not like, this it's similar in certain things but it's not in all aspects of it but I was watching this and it was just like oh hmm you know and (laughs) and it adds to the pleasantry of watching the and enjoying this movie
1: yeah absolutely it's it's really interesting as I was watching it like what I was getting out of it because just through watching it it was like okay they, they seem to have straddled that line of you know it live action it's serious they've got all this stuff however they have that slight that slight humor in it that you would expect from an anime of the over exaggeration like the um the slightly over the top reaction to things and stuff like that like they've got those in here uh but it's not it's not so on the nose that you feel like they're overacting like it's, it's a it's a very strange sort of um uh like hypocritical view when you're looking at it it's like you know they, they're technically overacting but it doesn't feel like it <laughs> yeah and,
0: and you know i it, for most of you that have listened to me uh before um i You'll be surprised with a statement that I'm about to make, but um, I, I watch a lot of um, what they call K-drama or, or Korean TV. And um, I really enjoy those, um, those shows. Um, I have not watched lately, but watching this, I can see all those aspects of, you know, within TV created for Korean TV and, and all the aspects that I enjoy of watching those TV shows is all into this movie. So I was going to say, if you enjoy K-drama or Korean TV, you're really going to enjoy this, mo- this, this film.
1: Right. Yeah. And, it, and it's something where I myself have not seen any uh, Korean TV, at least to my knowledge. I have not seen any Korean TV. Uh, however, I I would say watching this, you, I was definitely getting the feeling that this is from that side of the world, like, and not just because the majority of the cast were either Korean or um, or even European. Yeah. Uh, it seems, uh, <laughs> but uh, in the in the uh, cast,
0: I want to add this uh, for for your audience members who have maybe watched. Uh, uh, k-dramas before there was this uh, particular um drama that um it was in 2016 uh, korean tv that i watched the entire season is called descendants of the sun really great great drama um the main star of descendants of the sun is the pilot is in, in this film ah, great great okay. a- great actor <laughs> Uh, that's the first thing that I saw when I saw the, the the trailer, and I saw the guy. It's like, oh my god, he's he's one of my favorite actors.
1: <laughs> wow, well, right. uh, and and very very randomly as well, uh, just in looking up some of the other people that were in it because the the main cast uh, to really shine a light. So yeah, um, uh, song. Song Jong-ki, I believe I'm saying that right, is uh, uh, Kim Taiho, who is uh, the main character. Mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, Kim Tai uh, as uh, Captain Jang. Uh, and then you've got, uh, this one I might mess up, uh, Jin Sean-kyu, I think, uh, as uh, Tiger Park, which is a fantastic name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh, yes. Uh, uh you hygiene as uh, the robot Bubs. Uh and then randomly, Richard Armitage <laughs> is in this thing. Uh for those of you that are like, oh I, I know the name. Like, yeah, what's he in? Uh for British people, uh the person you're the thing you're going to most equate him with, and this is gonna sound completely Weird to anyone not from England and who hasn't seen this show. Uh, he is the person that, and boilers for the show, the person that Geraldine Granger from The Vicar of Dibley ends up marrying at the end of this series. Uh, <laughs> it's like he's only in it for those final episodes, but it's like if you haven't seen Spooks um, or Strike Back, which were popular. But the Vicar of Dibley was like the big thing, like a big staple of uh, English comedy, especially in the uh, the nineties. Um, so like so he was in that. He's also uh Thor and Oakenshield in the Hobbit film. So he's the the dwarf prince in that.
0: Wow. And
1: then He's just in this. <laughs> it's like like all of these other people that are in it. It's like okay, you you've got this English guy to play the uh, the main antagonist uh, and uh, very much villain. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably get into that in a bit. Uh, but yeah, the the other one that I found so weird, just in doing a little bit of research, there is a French guy uh, called Pierre who is so the, um, he, he has an unrequited, uh, <laughs> love for, uh, the captain of the <laughs> ship. And, uh, he is an American actor who moved to Seoul at, and to begin his acting career. Oh, wow. So yeah, he was born in Chicago <laughs> and then just moved to Seoul and became an actor. So yeah not French at all, uh, which actually, I wanted to ask you about this because you mentioned that you watched this first in English. so I'm assuming uh, uh, I'm assuming you just watched it like the English language dub. Uh, did you watch it with or without subtitles?
0: I, I don't like subtitles. Um, the, the one okay. reason is uh, because uh, it, it kind of bothers me when I see them translating something. Uh, that I know is not right, and even okay. without translating, when even as a, said, said, I said, hearing uh, aid for for hearing impaired, uh, even at that, uh, sometimes they don't really put in the words, you know, verbatim. Um, right. So I watched it in English without the subtitles, and then I watched it in Spanish. I understand Spanish. Um, And my next thing is I'm going to watch it in Korean because I always watch all my K-drama in Korean and I understand some of the words. But (laughs) the reason why I wanted to do that is because it becomes very apparent when you watch this film that they get you into um, into this world where all of the languages are intertwined. So everybody talks to everybody different languages but they have translators so it is very interesting and i don't think i can recall a movie they had tried to do this in that manner i mean there have been movies before they have done it but not in this manner before and i think that is clever of this movie
1: yeah now i'll say i watched this because i am very much a a champion of sub not dub Mm -hmm. uh now you know, obviously, I have said before, and I, I will say again, there are several uh, examples of excellent dubs of uh, things from foreign language. Uh, for instance, uh, in my personal opinion, the English dub of the Ghost in the Shell TV show mm. is just as good as watching it in the original Japanese mm-hmm. Uh and uh, and that that's actually how i came to it and i i feel that the uh, uh, the voice actually did a fantastic job now in general if i get the option of listening to it first in its original language and having subtitles that is what i'll do um and not not the least because subtitles do not bother me at all i am as i mentioned uh partially deaf in both ears so i actually am used to watching english things with the english subtitles because especially if people are whispering i find it very difficult to hear what they're saying Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. in tv shows if someone is whispering the music does not go down (laughs) they are just whispering uh into the ambient noise and something that a lot i realize a lot of people don't know about people who might be hearing impaired is that uh, oftentimes if someone is talking at the same volume as another noise it can be it can start getting incredibly difficult to pass them out and to uh, sort of ignore the background noise and only hear the voice oh wow um so uh, and and also Uh, Something that uh, I did not realize until Adam Savage actually mentioned on his podcast um, is that if you're talking to someone who has any sort of hearing impairment and they do not hear what you said, either it's too loud or they weren't necessarily paying attention the first time and you were trying to call to them or whatever, um, if when they ask you to say it again, you say it again at the same volume, it is harder for them to hear it than it was the first time, oh, nice. and it's just it's just something about the way the brain works. It's because they couldn't hear it the first time. The brain expects that if you're if it's the same noise again, you still can't hear it. It, it doesn't work. So you actually have to talk louder the next time. So uh, so for me, whenever I'm coming across this particular instance in a show or a film where someone is whispering and it's there's ambient noise so i can't hear what they're saying it doesn't matter how many times i'm going to re-watch it i'm not going to hear what they're saying so very often um but only if i'm watching a film by myself because my wife does not like reading subtitles uh i will watch something with the subtitles on so that i'm not going to miss anything if someone decides to speak quietly or if the music happens to uh, yeah, go into hyper gear as it often does um, that, in uh, in action films.
0: That and that makes a lot of sense. It actually um, to to take it a little further. It, it even happens um, on sometimes when you're watching a, a film um, because of the ambient noise or the music behind the scenes. And I seen it where I had to actually rewind it and put the titles on, because I couldn't quite get what they said. So I can understand that part as well too. But yeah, and, this is something that I did not know, and it makes a lot of sense.
1: It just, yeah, no, it's it's something that uh, I've I've told a couple of people before, and you can just see that like clicking ahead of oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, something just made a lot of sense to them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, um, so I watched this in the original language. And as you pointed out, there are many people talking many different languages. So in this film, there is the uh, Korean people speaking in Korean or... Um, yeah, I apologize if that is not the official name for the dialect. But uh, I, I do not know it off the top of my head if there is another one. But... Um, There are people who speak in English. There are people who speak in what I believe is sort of an African-style English uh, accent. There are people who, in subtitles, were speaking German, but I don't believe they were. Um, And there's the guy who speaks with a French accent, but also speaks in English and speaks in French sometimes. So there, there are many times where i was watching it and they didn't subtitle the people speaking in english because they were speaking in english even though i had it set to korean with subtitles um uh, but luckily i was listening to it on headphones and it was working out quite well that i could hear everything that was that was being said uh but uh yeah it was really fascinating to me the more i was going through that i was like at no point do they have ingrained subtitles in the film is you know what I mean because like yeah you know, some some films would do that especially if it was uh them talking in uh let's say it was an English film and then any anytime anyone was speaking in a different language there would be huge subtitles like that are obviously ingrained in the film itself mm-hmm. um and and they didn't do that at all it's entirely based on which subtitle group you're looking at and uh, if you even want subtitles for what's being said so it, it was fascinating to me to to see that um, because like you say I don't think I've seen a film that does that before and it so accurately represents what it would be like for everyone to get out there and you know um, even speaking technology wise we have those sort of translators now like there are earbuds you can buy that will translate up to like 40 different languages in real time so
0: that's yeah, why every
1: yeah if everyone is wearing those as they would be in this type of situation yeah there is no point where you would be unable to understand everyone because everyone has these translators yeah. um actually i don't know um how interested in Hitchhiker's Galaxy Galaxy, you are. Uh, It's not come up yet in our conversation, (laughs) but uh, yeah, the the idea of the Babel fish, uh, Douglas Adams created that, which is a fish that goes in your ear and feeds off your brainwaves. However, it gives you the ability to instantly understand any form of verbal communication uttered by any sentient being. And... The reason he created that was he didn't want to invent the technology for it. He didn't want it to be something where it might go away, or anything like that. So he was like, "Sod it! Here's something that will make you understand every language." Now I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so it was. It was really interesting to see. Like you could tell everyone had all these Bluetooth headsets in, uh, basically, uh, and the way that they explained it away was probably again just one of the best little bits of exposition without just an info dump uh, that i've seen in a long time when it opens with the main character going to see someone who then starts complaining that their translator is not working yeah like that's uh, it's like the opening what 30 seconds
0: yeah. of the film yeah. <laughs> um,
1: basically and they're like oh so that explains, oh, we're not going to hang a lantern on this one. Okay, we're moving on. And yeah, that's it. So yeah, no, I, I I, was very impressed from the beginning um, on some of the choices that they made and everything. So one thing I actually want to get onto um, first is something that people that have been listening to this podcast for a long time will be absolutely shocked to hear me say. Which is, I want the soundtrack to this film. I want it now.
0: Oh, nice. And I want
1: to listen to it again. Because, my God, the music and even just the ambient sounds in this film were perfect.
0: <laughs> very, very immersive. I, I loved it. It, was, it was, yeah. It's really amazing.
1: It uh, gets you just so invested. Any time they were performing any kind of like you know, fantastic maneuver in their uh, in their spaceship, it was just accompanied by this awesome, either electronic sound or even just kind of uh, like almost felt like a, a sort of old school alternative rock at times like just uh some of the heavy beats that were coming out of it like it was just phenomenal i am going to watch this film again uh probably next week because i have a couple things coming up that i need to to do first uh but yeah i'm gonna be re-watching this thing just just for that just to get into it because um uh and uh, i i don't know if you have any specific examples uh, but I will say, the first time that you get to see Tayo driving and uh, the manoeuvres that he's pulling off, and the music in that piece, like like that was like holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was such it- such a fantastic moment for me, and uh, it really made me realise that the music is going to be as big a part of this as anything else and for me like that's saying something because the soundtrack has always been for me as as I say being partially deaf has always been the least important part of the film Um. Um, and not uh, not trying to uh, you know put down any you know any composers or anyone or anything like that um, for any of the other films I've seen it's just that because of my particular uh, handicap for when I'm watching the films, that has always been the least important part. And yet, in this, it's just uh, it was just as big a thing as anything else in the film.
0: It it helps it helps in the immersion, um, and especially um, towards the beginning of the movie when they were. When uh, he was doing a maneuver to try to escape the other um, space sweepers um, and, and the type of flying that he was doing, especially when he went through this, this, uh, the station and not touching anything and going through this thing that it was just turning around, uh, which, you know, for all of us, we are like realist. Um, we know that this is not even possible. This is not how you do it in space, but it doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. The way that it yeah. was done, um, it was pure action, and that music, that score, just helped in, in just make you part of that scene. It, it was. I remember when it was, <laughs> when it was when I watched this for the first time. That scene, I was actually <laughs> grasping my chair. Uh, yeah. because it's that that much of a you know uh, it was just awesome
1: <laughs> yeah no absolutely I uh, um, uh, I watched it on my laptop um, and I was just uh, uh, just sitting watching it and uh, I was on my sofa and like I said like I realized at the end of that scene that i had been grasping the edge of the sofa um, (laughs) a little a little tighter than needed Uh, and it was like okay yeah uh, you got me it Um, makes you feel like you're
0: inside the ship and you're trying to hold on because it's going way too fast
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh, masterfully done um i yeah again that nothing but praise for for the music there and the soundtrack because and every single time there's any one of these things and the music just amps up like it uh, it's such a perfect fit for those scenes and yeah uh, uh, as as um as people have pointed out like say christopher nolan um he he does fantastic films he does fantastic scenes and fantastically shot however you can't exactly say that the man is uh, versatile with his music choices. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he, he brought the Bois into, um, into the film lexicon and then he just kept using them um, and everything. Uh, Whereas this, like, even though the music is all kind of of the same genre, like it's, yeah, they, they don't stray into jazz at any point during the film, mm-hmm. uh, but every single scene feels different. Every single scene sounds different. Uh, and that's that's something that's really interesting to me, because I actually noticed that um, again. Yeah, I don't. I don't normally, but uh, but I did for this one. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Was... Okay. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say um uh if if you didn't have anything else to add uh but it sounds like you do uh, i'll ask the question that i was gonna ask and then um if you wanted to add something else go ahead and then we'll jump to it so um uh so while you're continuing to talk about that uh my next question was going to be who was your favorite character in this film
0: hmm interesting um they were all, I mean, the the cast. And and this is how I felt slightly like this is very familiar with, like, Cowboy Bebop. Um, because when you're, if you're familiar with this, with a TV show, you kind of get, you, you fall in love with the cast, you know. And, and, and the great thing is that they all have their own personality. Um, I... I would have to say the robot if I have to pick one. Um, yeah, because I don't know. It's just the 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 the, the non care attitude that um, that I am here to try to save you kind of attitude. Um, it, it I just found it that kind of funny, uh, especially when <laughs> when she said, you know, all this grown adults and I'm the one that has the money. I can't remember the exact quote, uh, but that was just it, it got a chuckle out of me but uh yeah. they if you watch this movie you realize why i find it so hard to you know to like you know i'm picking the robot right now because i had to pick someone but if you realize <laughs> if you watch this and you, you you realize why it's so hard to actually pick one because you fall in love with the entire crew of this ship you know
1: yeah no it's it's, it's fascinating watching it because uh and and again like, it's not um yeah. It's not apples to apples comparison, mm-hmm. but uh, it, you know, I, I believe you are familiar with the the Red Dwarf TV show. Uh, uh, but uh, but the the way that the crew just seemed to work in the ship, and it was clear they had been working together for a while. And yeah, you know, they may all have their own goals and their own personalities, but you know they just still kind of work as a team. Uh, like I was getting red dwarf esque vibes off of this, um, uh, with the characters, and so yeah, it's very difficult to pick. However, I was gonna say Bubs as well, definitely my favorite. Um, if only because there was never a point in this when I was looking at Bubs and thinking, oh, that's a CG character,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and. for someone who is entirely a cg character like that takes some doing and the personality that they assigned to it the polish that they had for the graphics in it um and and even just some of the scenes where where bubs is harpooning other ships and just flying like it. Definitely, I think my favorite shots in the film are Bubs using the harpoon in space. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because of just how solid those shots are and the, like, just the little reactions. Uh, and obviously, uh, we will be doing spoilers for the film, so this is probably the first thing that could even be classed as a spoiler so far um, it, when Bubs's harpoon breaks. Oh, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> like you feel that moment when Bubs even says like my harpoon, <laughs> it's like oh wow yeah like <laughs> and then Dorg goes ahead and he uses that damn thing and yeah so so well done uh, and and uh, and there's a point towards the end when half of Bubs is crushed and you really are worried about so <laughs> so yeah that no, was interesting also i i don't know how they voiced it in english or in spanish but uh, the entire point for bubs is they are looking to have their like the, a skin uh, graft so that they can both look human and be female yes but in the korean um audio of it throughout as far as i could tell throughout the film until like and even at the end voiced by a man yes so like this very deep (laughs) male voice for this character that identifies as female and it was so interesting for that and another real part of like you know this robot just wants to be just this other thing it just wants to you know just wants to identify itself as uh, female and you know have a body that, uh, that she doesn't have at this point in time and it's so interesting that they put that in there and uh, and again something that a lot of western films seem to struggle with is if you have a character like that yeah and in- you don't need to shine a spotlight on it in every scene, and have them complaining about one other aspect of the fact that they are not this way and they need to change for everything to be better, and they say, "No, I mean, you know, this character's drive is that they want money. Mm-hmm. That's the drive. <laughs> you know, the, the end goal is uh, obviously to to look human and to be female, but for the most part." The most important thing is the money. Yes. yes. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, again, I, I I, love the fact that it was such a non-thing in this film that, uh, that I say, like everyone's just like, yes, we know. Like, yeah, <laughs> yes, if we all want money, it's fine. I, um. I
0: keep on referring to the robot uh, as a her, and, and speaking from the Spanish and the English track, they did the same thing you know they, they accomplished their job because it sounded uh male uh but right. after i realized you know that that she notice how i'm, I'm still doing it right now she mm-hmm. I, I don't call it it because that would be what a robot would be but i kept on calling it she all throughout the movie and um yeah. and she said it in one of those occasions that she wants to be very feminine and I think one of the conversations that she was having is um, she said that she found um, a skin uh, graph that she can have done um, in the black market for, I think it was 2000. But she didn't want to do it because she's afraid that they would laugh at her. Um, and I would, I would guess that because based on what I saw when she was looking at the computer monitor, there was the skin draft normally costs i think the cheapest one that i saw on the skin mo- the, the monitor was uh, 30,000 dollars there was one for 40 and there was one for 80 um so based on that and the fact that she said she can get that done for 2 grand uh, i would understand why she says that they would probably laugh at her because it might not be the best type of job that she can do right but it's all she could do at that moment but she chose not to because she's you know that's feared she was she wants to be feminine and having people laugh at her because of some botch job might not be something she wanted it to do
1: yeah yeah and yeah it's interesting at the end and you you got to see her new body oh and... that
0: was awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah, awesome
1: the... So, so well done and uh the and the conversation that she has with uh with dorothy uh or uh, cod whichever name you want to go with uh and it's just like look here are the voices i can like this one's fine right? whatever and then uh yeah cod basically says well no i like i like you with this voice and she's just like we- yeah, but I want a different voice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just pick one of those. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the interesting thing that I, I found with this film is uh, number one, like we've mentioned, the just the sort of multiculturalness to the film, uh, again, was such a non thing. It's like, yeah, the, this is what it, like. There was no explanation about all of. Yeah, all of the countries ended up working for the space race, or things like that. like yeah, there, there was nothing about that. It was just you know, you're straight into it, and this one group of people speak French. This one group of people speak Russian. This one group of people like speak Korean, and yeah, it, like that was so well done. And then yeah, I don't know. Uh, once again, <laughs> I'd say the English person. Uh, is playing the villain. Um, I don't know what it is about English people. Uh, We seem to be uh, constantly being hired as the villains uh, (laughs) in some of these films. But yeah, I, I think, I think it was really fascinating to watch the progression of Sullivan as the villain, because you knew from the start that he was going to be the villain. Like, just based on the fact he's running the place like you know he's i believe it's like he's 150 something years old uh if i'm remembering correctly uh but you know he looks like he's 40 if that you know um and there's zero explanation as to why um at at that point uh and he's just talking about how you know everything is going to be great look we've started doing all of this stuff it's all working fine and you realize well yeah it's good for him it's good for the people living on this little pristine chunk of rock in space but for everyone else down on earth it's terrible and to see basically the descent into madness that yeah that he has uh just and actually one thing I was gonna ask you maybe um, maybe for one of the dubs they throw in a line or something that because yeah as with a lot of dubs they tend to add extra information into the lines because they feel that the audience might not get it uh, uh, for instance in several animes uh in the Japanese they will. Yep. they'll have the lines, and if you have the subtitled version, like you'll read that, and a lot of the stuff that they do can be inferred from either things that have happened or from general knowledge of the way things work in Japan or in in those circumstances. Whereas the dubs will literally spell out what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. so. Did they have any sort of line that explained where his, I'm assuming, nanobots came from, and where, like, like where he got the stuff that his, uh, obviously, prolonging his life, but also, uh, you know, turning him into this weird, sort of skin bubbly monster type guy?
0: Um, I think the one thing, and and I have not watched the Korean version like uh, like you have, uh, but I think the one thing. That I am happy about and not necessarily good for the conversation is the <laughs> they actually accomplish. It seems to me the 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 right thing uh, in, in a way that they were not able to give out any extra information except for maybe a way that a word or two gets translated. Uh, differently okay so it seems to me like the korean is very similar to what the english and spanish um dubs were where they were just you know giving you uh the information and and i would venture to say that the reason why i want to watch mainly the korean version is because as i watch it in english and spanish i noticed that the 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 way the movie was intended, I was kind of missing the 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 essence of it. And, and I guess okay. that's kind of what why you would probably watch an anime in 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 the original Japanese. Uh, but if you notice, especially from uh, i I like to call uh, Cowboy Biba being the pioneer in this, because of the great actors they hired um from that anime on most and I say most because you still find some that are not <laughs> good at all. Uh most yeah. animes are great in English because of that, you know, uh that pioneer, you know, the the how cowboy Biba was created and um and I think this movie had the same effect, if that makes any sense. Where right. it doesn't matter aside, again, aside from some minor differences in, in the translation, um, but watching it in, Span- in Spanish, uh, English, or Korean uh, would give you the similar sense. But I, I noticed there was some, and I don't know, maybe this is because I watched a lot of um, K-drama or, or uh, Korean TV, and I understand some of the words. Um, the, the dialect is a little different to translate because uh, some words... Uh, would mean something but it would mean something different depending on the context so I'm very very curious to to listen to that in Korean and see if I can pick up any of those things I definitely could not pick it up from English or Spanish
1: yeah it'll be interesting then I I will be intrigued to talk with you later once you've uh, seen it in Korean to see what you pick up that's different um now Uh, one thing i do not know about you at this point is um uh do do you yourself have any children uh yes i do okay so what was your (laughs) um your take on the story of taiho and suni and everything that happened there like does that hit you hard? Or like, uh... let,
0: let me explain something that uh, necessar- you probably not necessarily know, but uh, maybe the listeners to my podcast might know because I, I have mentioned this in the past, especially on our Black Mirror episode. I am an empath. So okay. when I watch a movie, I have to be careful that the movie is not extremely sad uh, because when I watch a property, um, I take it personal. Right. So if something happens that is sad, um, I feel it, you know, deep. And I don't, right. you know, not necessarily. Uh, to give an example, uh, the episode that we recorded on Black Mirror, uh, if you listen through the episode, um, Carlos mentions that he looked at my heart monitor and my heart monitor kept the lowest at 120 beats per minute. So yeah. (laughs) Now with that being said, um, I took it really hard because not only because I'm an empath, but also because I'm a dad. Yeah. And yes, um, there was, there were, there were some tears. There were definitely some (laughs) tears there. Uh, But I think it adds to the story um and and I don't know how you're gonna get to you know, I'm a uh, I'm afraid to give out anything about the story until, you know, we're ready for it. But um I think that what makes uh, and this is another thing that Giancarlos laughed at me for because I enjoy happy endings. I don't like when I watch a movie and then at the end the main protagonist dies, right? And he, right. he laughs he laughs at me because I do like those types of movies. Um well, this movie has a happy ending, but because of the struggles and because of what happened to him and his daughter, um, that was very tragic, makes that ending so much sweeter.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, yeah, I. Yeah, anyone that has been listening to the podcast for a long time knows that, in general, I'm a heartless bastard. <laughs> um, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know especially at the beginning a uh, few years of this podcast like i would watch anything and you know people would be talking about feeling sad it's just like well, i mean i i guess you can feel that way if you want like i just, <laughs> i wouldn't get it um however i will freely admit that ever since becoming a dad and and all of that like i i now understand A lot more of the things that had completely eluded me before um yeah i i always have struggled to be able to understand like how other people might be feeling or like really really struggled with like and you know this is the heartless bastard part um like caring Mm -hmm. about you know the plight of others and things like that because like uh, because I'm completely unable to empathize with someone if I've not been through the same thing. However, uh, ever since becoming a dad, uh, even though I I can't necessarily empathize with exactly what he's going through, like I'm able now to understand what it might feel like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to to see those things happen on screen to children. Uh now yeah, don't like it. Uh, <laughs> so um so yeah, like watching this and seeing and uh for those of you listening that might be a little surprised that I haven't actually gone into too much detail about it yet. Like I am genuinely holding some of this back because I'm going to be suggesting that everyone listening to this watch this film and I don't want to give too much of it away which is again very different to what we normally do on Mm -hmm. this but um but i'm gonna have like a final thing to say at the end of this that will kind of sum up my feelings on that but uh but yeah the the things that that happened to suni and the way that his character handles it like it's it's really gripping um and they and something that they don't go into for a while, mm-hmm. so so you get to see his reaction to Dorothy um, as she is known at the beginning, and it seems odd, like it's a bit of a weird reaction, like if you if you think about it, and then it's about thirty forty minutes later that we find out, oh, that's why he's reacting this way because it's reminding him of his uh, his daughter and well their daughter yeah um yeah it's, and it's it's really really interesting to me how like how they were able to do that and it, like in this film that is about such fantastical epic like action adventure and they were able to get so much heart into it they like, it it was astounding to me um because uh and it probably just because i can't think of an english language film that i've seen that has managed to thread that line as well as this one did yeah and it's just it's such a breath of fresh air to have watched this film (laughs) um
0: this film is definitely uh, unique um yeah you have to you have to experience it for yourself and and you know i'm i'm curious i i truly want to know what other people have um have to say about this film because um is that unique that film
1: yeah no really really it's so unique and something that i'm intrigued by is and i don't know if you know this um they are making a second film
0: oh yes Bring it on, yeah. bring it on. <laughs> I, I so want a part two to this thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, now, at this time, based on what I've found, uh, which isn't much, there ha- they have not yet announced if all of the main cast are coming back um, or even if any of the main cast come back. However, I'll be honest, I can't see a second film doing that well without getting them back um so at the very least getting uh the main four back and
0: i can tell you yeah. something about that um in korean drama and and it's, it's very different than how you know the the, the tv series are done here which right. it has this pro and its its cons like uh for example here when you have a TV show, your your soul well, you sell that TV show to the to the studio by the pilot, and then they right. they buy on X episodes. Maybe they buy a season because right now I think what they're doing is they're buying seasons. If the ratings are not good, you don't get renewed, so they're you know, you don't have a season two. Right. Um, how they do it in Korea is they buy they get a buy in on the entire season as as the original work so that's and i don't know if you if you have seen this but if you go through all the the properties on uh, korean tv shows you'll notice that they don't have for the most part there's there's always exceptions you don't have season one (laughs) season two season three that it doesn't it's not even part of you'll find maybe one or two they have maybe a season two but I would, I would venture to say 90% of the TV is just the name. There's no seasons. And it, okay. for those few that you find they have maybe part two or season two, most of the cast doesn't come back. Hmm. So I'm kind of curious to see if this is going to replicate into the movies. Because it seems like they, and then they record everything. And and they release it, which I think is very dangerous. Um, There was a TV show that I was watching that has to be put on hold for, I think it was two or three months, because one of the cast members had an accident during filming. So they film and they release, they film and they release. It's not like here where they film everything and then they release it slowly. So they do things a little different. But I wonder if this method of filming in Korea will translate... To film, especially when we're talking about a streaming media like Netflix, because to be honest with you, I agree with you. This film, if they don't have the entire cast, and, and I'm not saying the entire cast, meaning the you know everybody in the movie, uh, I just want the main crew of that film. If they're not in, I don't think this part two might do as good as the the film that we just watched because there's that chemistry and i think that yeah made it uh it it, i think a film was so great because of that chemistry
1: yeah it it, it's interesting because they have based on what i found which is an article that was written yesterday um they they have announced that the preparations for the sequel have started and that uh the sequel to and i believe uh Again, I'm attempting to read something that is the uh, the English letters version of the name from Korean. Uh, and it's Jungriho, is uh, what it was called in Korean. Uh, the only thing that they have announced so far is that the VFX supervisors from the original will be working on this new thing and that they kind of the producers kind of want to make it into a series um either like uh, with it including a sequel so i think when they say series they mean franchise yes in this article um so so i can see it being they'll make a series of films and then probably it can be either it's going to be the progression of the uh you know the crew of the ship and maybe you know in the second film one or two of them will leave i can actually see bubs leaving uh, i can see that being a thing and maybe uh like bubs would leave at the end of the next one like once she reached a point where she feels satisfied you know mm-hmm. like in and everything uh, but uh but yeah i i am both Really interested in seeing the sequel, but trying to temper my expectation because, as you say, there is no guarantee that the original cast will come back, and I really want them to <laughs> so yeah yeah. So yeah we'll we'll see we'll see what happens um yeah uh go ahead
0: yeah and and those those actors they they pump shows like there's no tomorrow, <laughs> so it is possible. <laughs> That you know they will reach out to them and they might be busy with another project and, and they have right. to either postpone the movie or do it without them and and that even that happens even in Hollywood. Uh, we did an episode on our latest episode is on um, the Wrath of Khan and it, it almost happened to Ricardo Montalban when they they wrote the script uh, and, and I think people completely forgot. To hey, maybe we should call him, and then they wrote the script (laughs) with him in it. And then someone realized, oh crap, (laughs) we gotta reach out and see if he is either willing or want, you know, either want to do or or can do. Because remember, at that time he was doing, uh, fantasy island. So local, locally for us, he was able to manage, and and they were able to work around fantasy island. But you know, it happens um, everywhere. It happens in Hollywood. Where the actors are busy doing other things, and 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 it would be up to the studios to to decide if they want to postpone it for this actor, or if they want to just replace it and get the thing going because you know it's all about the money in the end, uh, you know, at the end of the day.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, obviously the next one will, uh, you know, going going at this with a somewhat optimistic viewpoint. The next one should be absolutely fine. Release in cinemas and everything will be okay. Uh, so we'll have to get a box office. So yes, definitely the uh, um, the end goal here will be to churn something out probably quickly uh, and uh, you know get it so that they can actually see some really viable profits. I mean, obviously Netflix... Buying it, and you know, getting the distribution rights and all of that. Netflix probably covered uh, the budget for this thing, uh, and and then some. So yeah. yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see more at least from you know from the studio that made this, the the effects people that made this could. Yeah, this film is stunningly beautiful. Uh, like <laughs> it, yes, it it's something something that really floored me, especially when I then found out what the budget was. Like, there's no way in hell that you could have told me while I was watching it that this film was made for a total of under $22 million.
0: It's incredible. I, yeah. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> it's, the special it's effects is like, amazing. It, it's a big budget film on on, on a yeah. on a TV budget. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, it's it's so so weird. I mean, the the film itself is two hours and uh, what's it? Two hours and sixteen minutes long. So take out the credits, you're looking at about two hours five, two hours ten minutes. And so first of all, every single like ten minutes, you're increasing the amount that you're spending on cast crew. All of that stuff, <laughs> just in general, mm-hmm. uh, especially for something like this where the set design needs to be really good, uh, the costumes need to be on point. Like, yeah, you know, there are many things. For instance, clerks made on a relatively shoestring budget, filmed in black and white because they couldn't afford to do it in color. Uh, you know, recorded with a bunch of Kevin Smith friends agreeing to be in it recorded at night at the place that he worked during the day like it's something like that yeah you can get away with making a hour and a half long film on a money something like this like every single minute is equating to a significant amount of money so yeah like taking that into account taking into account they needed to pay the main talent and then having to go to the visual effects studio with i'm going to go out on a limb and guess probably uh, probably half the budget i think would have fallen on the visual effects so think so think about that about 10 million million is the amount that would spent on visual effects for this film and i think they got at least double that in value um, <laughs> because wow. yeah th- this film looks so good and the only the only thing that um uh i found uh somewhat funny is that i was actually watching this waiting for that firefly thing where the camera is sort of trying to catch up and focus on the thing mm-hmm. um be- because so many of the shots felt like it could have been taken from firefly um just Again, it's mostly the aesthetic and all of that stuff from it. However, there was none of the oh, we're going to do this, like, uh, we've got to find them, there they are, track in. Like, no, every single shot is crisp, and you can see everything that's going on. And again, if you think about that, that means all of this time was, like, it had to be rendered. Uh, They had to do all of this great work on it. It has to stand up to being seen on a big screen. Like, It's something that I think I'm going to keep going back to and rewatching just to get that visual uh <laughs> visual overload again and again of just how stunning it is um uh, and uh, and again like uh, without going into spoilers I will say that the um the soldiers looked phenomenal even when the the helmet goes up like yeah. it doesn't look bad uh, <laughs> uh so yeah it's, it's so so fascinating um and the uh the only question that i have left really is something that uh we very very tangentially mentioned but not actually touched on which is what what do you think of the MacGuffin being just this young girl like and the several misdirects that happen around that and everything is because it's something that definitely from the trailer, the trailer did a good job at sort of red herring it a little bit, uh, and then in the film itself, as you're watching it, like you're never one hundred percent sure what's going on until about halfway through uh, when it comes to Dorothy. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like what what did you think of that? And uh, did like was there any part of that that felt at all force to you, because uh, and I know that might seem like a leading question, um, and uh, and I have yeah, I have my own answer to it and uh, and all that, but uh, like, you know what what did you think of rather than having them go and get you know the Infinity Stones or go and get this <laughs> thing or just happening to uncover this evil guy's plot that they're just gonna foil? Like, what did you think of them having? This little girl being the thing that they needed to protect. It, it was kind of like I,
0: I felt almost as if they did a great job in make, making everybody feel or not feel but see that they felt um, outgunned uh, and in turn right. making them feel like the underdog. Um, which, if you know, I mean, this is great because everybody likes to root for the underdog. (laughs) And I I, I think maybe that would be the best way that writers would have come up with a story to make it feel as it it turned out to be. Um, Because I, I felt rooting for them, even though, you know we continue to think of alternatives of what they could have done differently than what they did in the movie. But uh, in the end, it, it felt as if I was root- rooting t- for them nonetheless. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question. It's, it's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I almost felt that the formula was right. Uh, it, it still didn't take away from the fact that I was kind of arguing with the TV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no yeah, it um yeah it, I say it pretty much answers the question. It's it's something that uh and I'll say yeah the reason that I was asking the question the way I was, uh is because when I was thinking about it just from the trailer, mm-hmm. the prob the only problem I had when I was looking at it and going,
0: Okay,
1: like this could be interesting is when it was like, okay, so this this girl that at least from the trailer is this robot or android that is the MacGuffin. Like that that is the thing that uh, mm-hmm. the plot centres around, and so on. And so I was like, okay, okay, let's see what happens here because it could be well done, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: or it could be literally the um. <laughs> Like the Ashley from Resident Evil 4, where it's just this side character that is being dragged around and constantly getting them in trouble. It's like, oh, for God's sake, come on. Um, and I really, really appreciated the fact that as the film went on, like, she was no longer the MacGuffin. There was so much character development Mm -hmm. with her and with the other people on the team there was so much plot progression that you really began to understand what was going on at again pretty much the perfect pacing level for something like this because it very easily could have been rushed and it very easily could have from probably from yeah even several directors that i can think of now in again in western uh cinema where they might just want to take a little longer they might want to let some scenes go on longer than they need to or throw in a couple of scenes elsewhere that you know might add to some of the other characters or might give you a little bit more of sullivan or something like that but would really mess with the pacing and yet this film uh, pretty much like with The Martian, actually. I don't think there's a single scene in this film that is wasted. I think every single scene, every single little bit of character progression or development, every single thing that we see is either completely relevant to the plot or completely relevant to the character. And yeah, I, I can't think of any uh, excess that is in there. So, and
0: I, yeah. I, I was just going to say, I, I like to call this the perfectly peeled onion. <laughs> it, it, they were peeling all the layers at the right time and at the right moment. Because this thing, yeah. when you start, you think it's this thing and, and then you, oh no, it's this other thing. And then, oh no, oh, it's this other thing. And, and it's just like, it, it, it's kind of like almost as if they're guiding you through the story, um, it, it, and I think it was clever. Um, this is that's why I like to call it the perfectly peeled onion.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it something that again, it was just such a refreshing change of pace from Western cinema, and you know nothing against Western cinema. That's uh, my absolute favorite film of all time is and probably always will be the Shawshank Redemption uh like, and so many films that i've seen recently are just awesome just like just <laughs> amazing and uh, i will i will champion several directors that i like uh, for until the end of time but this thing basically for us i live in america i only have access to um, mostly american um, like cinema trailers and things like that. At this point in time, so I was completely unaware that this film was coming until a few months before it was dropping on Netflix, and like it just came out of left field for me. And then when I sat down to watch it, and I stayed up way too late to finish it because I was not not finishing this film, <laughs> <laughs> and like. I- I, feel I, I realize you. I realised then. Yeah, I. I realised as that was happening that I was like, Okay, I like this film. <laughs> It <was, laughs> i like, I I absolutely could have stopped watching it uh about thirty minutes before it was over, uh gone to bed and got up the next day. I have about twenty five, thirty minutes from when uh, my wife and daughter leave to drop her off at the daycare, and my wife gets to work, to when I need to start work at my home office that I had set up. So I absolutely could have finished it this morning when I was well rested. I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> 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 like, I was finishing this film. So, yeah, I think basically all of that being said, like I I can think of no other way to finish out this review than to say the following two things which is number one if you have not seen this film and us talking about it without giving away any of the actual real spoilers of this film which is something i am genuinely shocked that i've done for a review of these films um like watch it like seriously i i urge everyone listening to this to watch this either tonight uh yeah tomorrow night tomorrow in the day whenever it is that makes the most sense for you within the next few days watch this film uh you will not be disappointed um and number two i think that this has probably been one of my favorite films to discuss um just just because it's been one of my favorite films to watch in the last decade i think like and they that's I'm put I think I would put this on par personally with the likes of Scott Pilgrim versus the world and anyone again anyone that's been listening to this for a while and anyone that has listened to me talking about that film with B-Rob yeah that's one of my favorite films of all time and I think this film's up there Uh, just just in terms of the visuals the the characters the the score of like just everything in this film is just so well done and as i said before and as you said as well like i'm gonna rewatch this thing um soon and then i'm probably gonna make this an annual watch at the very least because yeah like just the experience that i had watching this was a real roller coaster oh yes and i i haven't had that um in a very long time so yeah no i i i cannot do anything else other than just urge you to watch this as soon as you possibly can and uh yeah i'm gonna toss it over to you (laughs) You there robert so um the uh what would your final thoughts be for this
0: well i was gonna end my final thought by saying that there's only one regret that i have about this film And is that it Mm -hmm. ended up on my list, and now is when I get to watch it. (laughs) That is the only regret. This movie is that kind of movie that I should have watched as soon as it came out. But you know how list goes, and life gets in the way. Mm -hmm. And by saying this, I'm saying a lot. I mean, if you haven't (laughs) watched this film, you should go watch it now.
1: Yeah, everyone that has this film sitting in the list, uh, it needs to go to the front of that list now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you, you, you'll, yeah, you'll it, thank us. You'll thank us later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Obviously, if you're someone that prefers period dramas um, over sci-fi, okay, you can give this one a pass um, for now for Mm. now uh once you finish watching uh bridgerton and uh and all of those other things and you've reached a point where you're like okay now what what should i watch maybe shove it on you might enjoy it you never know (laughs) but uh yeah for anyone that enjoys sci-fi for anyone that enjoys um you know any of the type of cinema or even tv shows uh, coming out from uh Korea and, and uh the other Eastern markets as well. Like seriously give this a watch. It is probably one of the like the best pieces of art I've seen coming out of uh coming out of that side of the world in quite some time. Uh so
0: And I will add so yeah I, I will I will <laughs> add to that if you already like Korean TV, if you like k Drama, you already like this movie, so <laughs> take it from someone that loves K drama. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, I'm not sure there's much else we can really say about this film without a getting into spoilers and b just uh, repeating ourselves and <laughs> <at Nordium. laughs> as much as I uh, am known to do that. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I will say we can probably uh, jump ship here. So, uh, if the people that are listening have decided that they wish to, uh, where would they be able to find you on the internet?
0: Uh, we are a uh, sci-fi Revenant. Um We're a podcast about uh, sci-fi properties altogether. Uh, via you know it could be f- uh, film, TV, uh, books games and we're everywhere um wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts you know so apple spotify wherever we're we're everywhere so you can uh, <laughs> uh reach out through uh twitter at sci remnant uh if you'd like to uh reach out to us uh personally
1: yes yes and and do do that they are uh, lovely fellas <laughs>
0: thank you thank yes, you
1: sure no, oh, no problem at all. Uh, and uh, and as I said at the beginning, if you want to find uh, blockbusters everywhere, literally just search blockbusters. You'll find us. Uh, uh, when Google says, "Oh, did you mean blockbusters?" Just say no, um, and then <laughs> you'll you'll find us. Um, Uh, but yes do uh, if you enjoyed this show or any of the other shows and you've been completely putting it off because hey you don't think about it trust me I do that as well if you could give us a rate an honest rating I'm not going to sit here and say you need to give us five stars because if you feel we're a four-star podcast then I'm not going to be the one to tell you no absolutely not do not put that like yeah I we live for honest feedback and uh, one of the things I love about Uh, Twitter and everything is that it you know, people can interact with you and give you their honest feedback. And I ad, I absolutely welcome that. And I would uh, happily have a discussion with anyone about anything that's been said in, in this episode or any of the other episodes. Uh, so do reach out, um, you know, give us a, a rating review on wherever it is you find this podcast uh, and then go over to sci-fi remnant and uh, give them a rating review too, because Hey, they deserve it. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, Oh, no problem at all. Uh, uh, but yes, uh, I think with all of that being said, uh, I have been Paul. And
0: this is Robert.
1: <laughs> and I'll see you next time. Bye. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here?